Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, will be learning Daf Nun Dalit in Maseches Sukkah. Is it morning, Andrew? I can't tell what it is. Slichos today, Bezat Hashem. Uh, we gave ourselves 36 minutes, which is a multiple of Chai. Nun Dalit is also a multiple of Chai. We have our arithmetic heads on today for today's Gemara. Because Andrew informed me that Rabbi Howard Shlita got up to the first word on Nun Dalit Aleph. So that means we have to explain anyways, we have to explain the Mishnah and Gimel and Beis. We talked about, talk about a daf yomi coincidence. The, you know that we associate the sound of the shofar and the churros and the, and the shofar in particular with Rosh Hashanah, which is upon us. We're a week away from Arab Rosh Hashanah. However, it turns out the shofar was blowing daily, constantly, in the base of Mikdash, maybe rebuilt Bimher uh, Bimeinu soon. And so the Mishnah started to count how many tekiyos were there? So it was the shita, right, um, of our Mishnah that it's never, that it's a range. It ranges from 21 to 48 tekiyos every day in the days of the base of Mikdash, not just Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, we'll see. This is going to apply to Rosh Hashanah. Now, how so? So we'll have to go through the math because the Gemara is going to dissect it anyway. So the first thing is every single day, 21 tekiyos, says the Mishnah. Where do you get 21. Well, the Tamit Shel Shachar and Tamit Shel Bein Arbaim each had nine. It's really three sets of three. Now, the Tekiah, true Tekiah, is considered three. That's going to be a subject of dispute. And that really relates to Rosh Hashanah. Whether Tekiah, true Tekiah is one, uh, Tekiah, or three, is, relates to the number of kolos, as we're going to see shortly, uh, that you need to be Yotze on Rosh Hashanah. Technically, you only, let's say, need to, um, need to be Yotze a certain amount. What, what's going on in Rosh Hashanah with us? Shvarim, so that's all as Rashi's going to say because we're not 100% sure we know what a true is, okay? But had we known, technically, we don't need as many as we'll see here. But be that as it may, three, uh, nine for Tamashil Shachar, nine, nine for Tamashil Ben Arbaim, that's 18. And then for the Psicha Shar, opening the gates on a daily basis, that's three for a total of 18 plus three is 21 daily. Then when you have Musafim, so Musaf, you have another nine. Okay, so then you'd have 30 on a day that you have Musaf. If it happens to be on a day that you have Musaf, and it's also Erev Shabbos, let's say Chol you could have an additional six. Every Erev Shabbos had an additional six. So like a typical Erev Shabbos would have, let's say, 27. Why 27? 21 daily plus the six of Erev Shabbos. What are the six of Erev Shabbos? Those were already discussed in Mesech Shabbos. I'm sure you remember that... You know, when you uh, when you're in Israel, well, in the uh, when we were in Ramat Beit Shemesh, you still heard the siren. You had the siren in Yerushalayim. So instead of the siren bringing on the up- oncoming of Shabbos, they would have a six ply siren. Three laftil malacha, as described in Masechah Shabbos, close the close the tree seam of your stores, right? Take off your tefillin, which becomes one of the sources of the idea of maybe you do wear tefillin cholamoid, certainly not for now. We're trying to do this within 36 minutes. And also then another three, so three to close up the store, close up the shop, three lahavdim kodesh lachol, Shabbos, Shabbos, they also have the song um, in uh, Ramat Shemesh. There's a siren, Shabbos, and then that actually still happens out of Yom Hazet. In those days, they would blow the shofros. Very nice. Okay, now, that all accounts for, let's say it's Musaf and Erev Shabbos, and it's, you, it, then you'd have 36, right? The multiple of, of Chai over here, right? On the, on, on Erev, Sukkot, Erev, um, Cholomoyed Sukkot, Erev 
Shabbos, Cholamoid, Sukkot. However, there's also more. Because that's when you'd have the 48. Because on Sukkot, we also have the Miloy HaMayim, right? The Nisach HaMayim. What, what the Mishnah calls the Miloy HaMayim. And that involved another 12. For 36 plus 12, a total of 48 Kolos. Uh, three to open the Shara Elyon, another three the Shara Tachton, another three for the Miloy HaMayim, as we say, right? And then another three, which is a little unclear, but it says Gabe Mizbeach, which is really the part where we put the Arava on the Mizbeach. So you have a total of 12 plus 36 is 48. Rabbi Yehuda has, instead of 21 to 48, he has the range of 7 to 16, which if you're using the math, you see, is simply one-third, right? Meaning 7 is a third of 21, 16 is a third of 48. It's simply it's because he holds that Tekiya, true Tekiya, is one sound. So it's exactly one-third. And the Gemara had said, towards the end of the Gimel Mabez, is that like Rav Kahana? And is that what we're going to line up with? In other words, um, Rav Kahana had said that you have to, had the din, that you have to do everything b'nishima achas, right? That you basically, ain't bein tekiya latrua v'lo klum. That you have to do everything, so to speak, with one, it's question, that becomes a halakhic question. Um, Rav Kahana's din, which is what we left Nun Gimel and Bez with, what, was that you have to leave no, right, no, no time at all between the tekiya and the trua. And then there's a question in the postgame that Rabari Leibowitz, a great Tafiyomi master Shalita, discusses, which is, does this mean B'nishima Achas or B'shtei Nishimos? Actually, it was Rabari Razna Shalita. But the, be that as it may, it's not for us, for now per se, other than to say that we thought there was an association. In other words, if, is there, this is where we're picking up in Dalai and Aleph, is there a correlation between Rav Kahana's din that you have to do it with one breath and Rabbi Huda's din, that says that it's all one tekiah. Okay, says the Gemara, first word on Indal and Abedalav. Ma'udetayma, You might have thought of Kahana's din was afilu kere Rabbanon. That maybe it's even like Rabbanon. In other words, Rabbanon is our Mishnah. That says that tekiah chur tekiah is three kolos. So it could be that even though you have to do it all, let's say, beritzifus, right, one, one after, uh, consecutively, that it still counts as three kolos. It's not 100% muchrach, right? It's not 100% compelling that it has to be the same thing. But it could be that what we're trying to do is to exclude the shita of Rabbi Yochanan, who has the wild shita. What's his shita? The Amar, Shama, Tesha, Tekios, Betesha, Shos, Biyom, Yatsa. This is with regards to Dafyomi coincidence, Rosh Hashanah. What is the minimum number of kolos that you need to hear in Rosh Hashanah? Here it is. Nine. And all you need to hear is one call per hour, and you're good. That is the absolute bare minimum of Rabbi Yochanan. This is where Rashi explains. This is what we're going to see in Rosh Hashanah. And then as Rashi says towards the end, when it begins with the little, uh, the skinnier lines, Why? the whole reason you hear more callers in Rosh Hashanah is Mishum Sveika de Truahu. De Loyadinan I Gnuchi O I Yelulehu. Right? We don't know. Does it sound like, we don't know exactly what the true is supposed to sound like, but Midar Raisa, it's the bare bones, nine kailas. Kamash Malan, and therefore the Gemara, it could be, is trying to inform us that, uh, that this is not like how we hold. We don't hold like Rabbi Yochanan, we have to have it closer together, but be that as it may, we would count that Kia, Trua, Tekiah is three kolos. The Gemara says, Eimachinami, maybe that is in fact the case, what we hold, says the Gemara, no. Imkain, Mai Velochlum. The way Rav Kahana said his din was that you absolutely have to have it Right, without any interruption whatsoever, uh, as some postkin would say, achas, right, even with one breath. 
that emphasis implies that he does in fact hold like Rabbi Yehuda. That's what the Gemara is saying. That he does in fact hold that it should be one cult. Fine. So now we arrive at the two dots, four lines down, and then Dalai Ramadal. And we say like this. Erev Shabbos, right? The 48 blasts. So now we're going to try to count. Is it really true that the range is from 21 to 48? Let's go. Oh, remember the Mishnah? Simchas Beis HaShoeva. Not Simchas Beis HaShoeva. Nisuchamayim, right? When we described the Nisuchamayim and then Aleph Amin Beis and we talked about doing Tekiyas at each stage and one of the stages was the 10th step. Where is the 10th step in this count of 48? Says the Gemara, Masnisi Nimani, Rabbi Lezben Yaakov. No, our Mishnah, right, is Rabbi Lezben Yaakov, Tanya, because we have a Brisa. Shalosh Lamayla Asiris, Right, three shofar blowing is on the tenth step, and Rabbi Yisrael Yaakov Amar Shalosh Gabi Mizbeach. You'll notice our Mishnah says three for the Shar Elyon, three for the Shar Tachton, three for Gabi Mizbeach. That's Rabbi Yisrael Yaakov. He has the Gabi Mizbeach, and so it's a zero sum game, Andrew. It's either Gabi Mizbeach or tenth platform. This is a funny machlokas, isn't it, Barry? Why would you care? What would be the underpinnings of such a machlokas? Whether you blow three blasts on the tenth step or Al Gabi Mizbeach. Uh, you got to go back to the Marsha on the Nalfam base to understand the significance of the 10th step. But be that as it may, what would be the underpinnings of Machlokas? That's what the Gemara asks as follows. So, Haomer Lamala Asiris, Eino Omer Al Gabi Mizbech, Haomer Al Gabi Mizbech, Eino Omer Lamala Asiris. So, the Gemara is first saying it's a zero sum game. In other words, our mission is saying Gabi Mizbech, which is why it leaves out, right, the Mala Asiris. That answers why we don't say Mala Asiris in our Mishnah. So now the Gemara is going to ask, what is the reasoning? My time at the Rebbe Lezbun Yaakov. Why is Rebbe Lezbun Yaakov leaving out the 10th platform, the 10th step? Came in the Tukal of Sichas Sharim, Lemala Asiris, Lemala Yitaka. Hi, Lav Sharhu. Right? So in other words, we're all, it sounds like we're, you know, bum, ba, da, ba, 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 and the gates are opening. That makes sense, right? That's an actual event that you can ascribe to some importance and pomp and circumstance to, says Rabbi Lezabin Yaakov. So, but what's the 10th step? 10th step is like no man's land. Why would you blow shofar there? What's the significance? It's not an opening of a shower. It's not anything. That's the, that's the reasoning of Rabbi Lezabin Yaakov. But when you get to the Mizbech and you're putting up the uh, Rabbos uh, and, and leaning it against the Mizbech, that's a beautiful ceremony. That makes sense. You can say, I'm ascribing some pomp and circumstance to that, and that makes sense. That is the reasoning for Abelazim and Yaakov. For Rabbanon Savi, Rabbanon Harava say, Kevin the Taka Lemilo Emaim, Al Gabi Amizbech Lamali. There is uh, some Girsa issues here, Andrew. There's a, a bunch of stuff here, but the bottom line is that this turn, turns out to be a redundancy according to the Rabbanon. In other words, there's a couple of what's the redundancy? Is it that the Milui Hamaim is the Gabi Hamizbech in a sense? Um, that, that's where the Girsa comes in. In other words, does it mean the Milui Hamaim uh, is the same as Gabi Hamizbech? At, at some, on some level, there's a redundancy here that when we did the Milui Hamaim, because it, what would be the Nusach, for example, maybe Milui Hamaim is Nisuch Hamaim. Nisuch Hamaim goes on top of the Mizbech. And there's some shitas that the Nisuch Hamayim and the putting the Arava are essentially simultaneous. And if that's the case, then you're already blowing at that time. Something like that. In other words, that is um, a, the simplest way to understand the version of the Shitas Rabbanon, which is basically saying that if you only follow it according to what the Mishnah calls Miloy Hamayim, which is not necessarily, which we, we thought that that would be when we filled it up. But that doesn't make sense. Because Barry, when did we fill it up? And if it was on Shabbos, we filled it up on Erev Shabbos. Remember? So Milu Yamaim was the day before. So that wouldn't count for the number of Tkias for today. 
<laughs> so therein lies some of the uh, reasoning that we might assume that milamayim might mean nisochamayim, and if milamayim actually means nisochamayim, then nisochamayim is simultaneous with putting it on the mizbeach. And if so, then what are you doing? You're doing t- three, uh, two series of three tkios next to each other? Not so much. Hilchach lamayla series adif, and therefore, even though uh, the only we can only find the marsha to ascribe right a definitive. Um, sort of rationale or symbolism behind it, the tenth step makes more sense just because it's simply a separate incident as opposed to these, which sound like they're simultaneous according to the Rabbanon. That's the simplest way to understand that little shtickle of the reasoning of the Rabbanon over there relative to Rabbanon Yaakov. Fine. So now, let's talk about, uh, and this is a bleed on to tomorrow, the idea of blowing shofar during Musaf, right? So we had already said that during the Musaf, we blow nine tekiahs per, per shofar. So, Kiyasa Rabbi Yacha Barchanina Midoroma, Barchanina came from the south, and Icy must need to be a day. He brought the following brysa with him, beautiful imagery, right? Uvnei Vetzamudabiyada, right? Uvnei Aaron Akarni Misku Bechatzotzros. The brysa says, well, the, the Pasuk says, that the Bnei Aaron Akohanim are blowing Chatzotzros, right? You have to see the Pasuk in Sefer Bamidbar. Now, it should say, uh, why does it say yitkeu? That they'll blow. That they will blow. Why do you have to say that? Where do you know that you blow, right, when you bring the korban ola and the korban shlamim? So why are we repeating this idea of they shall blow? That teaches you, said Rachel when he came from the south, that you blow shofar during the Korban Musaf. So the Gemara says, Not only did he say what he said, that you blow shofar during Korban Musaf, but he even explained what he meant as follows. Ah, that's the Chiddush. The Chiddush is that let's say it's Rosh Chodesh Shabbos, you're going to blow nine tkiyas for Rosh Shabbos and then another nine tkiyas for Musaf of Rosh Chodesh. It's a double tkiyah. If you want to be Rosh Razner, Shlita, or Vary Libowitz, you can really get your lambdas on as far as the Shtei Kedusha, Kedusha Achas, is it, right, okay, do you want to get into this lumdus of, is it one day, which is like Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, or is it Shabbos that happens to also be Rosh Chodesh? It's not for us, it's not for now. I mean, it is for us, but not for now. Uh, so he says like this, it's not. Well, I'll say this, Our, this, this teaching implies, I don't know what it implies, it should, should imply that it's two superimposed Musafim, right? Because they're independent of each other with the way you blow. Be that as it may, it's not. Our Mishnah says as follows, right? So now this teaching that every Musaf has its own independent, right, Tkiah might challenge our range of 21 to 48, right? As follows. Our Mishnah says, Erev Shabbos Chag, Hayusham We said that the most you could ever have of Tkiahs, right? Like the longest benching is uh, Rosh Chodesh Hanukkah Shabbos, you know? If it falls out like that, I think we had it this year, right? When you say all those three things. Um, well, the longest kiyas in our Mishnah was Erev Shabbos Sukkis. Why? Because that's when you had the 48. You had the 6 of Erev Shabbos. You had the 12 of Sukkis, right? And then you had the, um, right? And then you had the Musaf of the 9 of Musaf. And then you had all added up to 48. But says the Gemara of Im Isa, if it is true, like Rabbi Acha said, that you have 9 extra kiyas for every time you make Musaf, then Erev Shabbos, Cholmoyed Sukkis, would not be the only example of 48, rather at least the Shabbos Shabbos Chag. The Shabbos that is actually Shabbos Cholomoy Tzukis 
would actually have more tzikis than erev Shabbos Cholamoyed Sukkis, and thus it would be would have been counted in our Mishnah. How so? It would have 51. How so? How 51? Because you're going to lose the six of Erev Shabbos. Those six are only on Erev Shabbos. But you're going to gain the nine extra of Musaf of Shabbos. Right? You're trading in six for nine. That's a net three, Andrew. 48 plus three. That's 51. Sigmar says, Now the reason why it's still going to be 48 is because you don't, Make tkiyas for the opening of the sha'arim b'shabbos, right? So you're going to go back. It's going to be exactly forty-eight, right? Because again, the psicha sha'arim is like not part, as the mafarshim explained. It's not part of the avoda. Psicha sha'arim is just opening up the gates, and those tkiyah trua. You that's kind of like a, an espresso shot in the morning, but you don't have an espresso shots on Shabbos morning, and therefore those three are are not there on, on Shabbos itself. And so Shabbos Cholmoyed Sukkot, now you're going to not have the six of Erev Shabbos and you're also not going to have the three of the, uh, the Psichas Shearim at the beginning of the day, okay? So now you've gained the nine of Musaf, but you've lost the nine of the Erev Shabbos and the Psichas Shearim for a net of exactly the same, 48. The question then then is if you have 48 on Erev Shabbos Cholomoyed Sukkot and 48 on Shabbos Cholomoyed Sukkot, why did the Mishnah only mention Erev Shabbos? Why did it not also mention Shabbos? Says the Gemara, Amarava. Man ha delochash lakimcha. Who is this person's ear who says that we're talking, that who thinks the whole answer is that you don't do the Psichashar? He's not concerned about whether he grinds fine or coarse flour, or just to say he's not being super medactic here. Why? Chada, first of all, the Bechol Yom Tanan. The Mishnah said that the 21 is every day. So clearly, we do blow the three tekiahs, even on Shabbos, right? Okay, that's number one. Even if, for the sake of argument, we were going to concede that you do have 48 because you don't blow the three, let's, let's um, humor uh, Rav Zeyer for a minute. So, so the still, so then ask the question we just mentioned. Not just Erev Shabbos, but mention Shabbos Cholamoyed Sukkot as well. Because then we do 48, the Shemas Minei Tarti. Because after all, according to Zerah, it would be both Erev Shabbos and Shabbos where we have 48. And once you have both, Shemas Minei Rabbi Lezer Ben Yaakov. First of all, it would be better to learn the case of Shabbos because there you'd have two Chidushim. That's what it means, Shemas Minei Tarti. First of all, the Chidush Rabbi Lezer Ben Yaakov who said that it's Al Gabe Mizbeach as opposed to on the 10th step. Holding cup here. And the additional limud that we learned from Ravacha, which was that you bring multiple korban musaf offerings when you have multiple musafs, as is the case on Shabbos Cholomo Yitzukis, right? Because you have Yantiv and you have Shabbos. Oh. So then it would have been preferable, even if you're going to tell me we're not going to learn both examples. Let's just learn one example. It would have been preferable to learn the example of Shabbos Cholomoyed because it would have at least taught you two things instead of one. All we learned by Erev Shabbos Cholomoyed is the, the lesson of Belezer bin Yaakov of the 10th, of the 10th, of the, uh, right, of the Tzad Al-Gabi Mizbech instead of the 10th step. But if we had learned Shabbos Cholomoyed, then we would have also gained the Limud of Rabbi with respect to the Musafim. Okay? So now... With those two objections in hand, Rava rejects and offers his own solution as follows. El Amarava, Lafisha ain't token Lemiloi Hamaim Bishabis. Oh. 
the reason why we don't mention Shabbos Chol Moed Sukkot is not because we don't blow the three tekiahs to start the Nespresso of the day. That we blow every single day. It's just that Milo Yamaim, don't forget, we did it the day before, right? The Milo Yamaim, so here, this is going to challenge the gear so that said the Milo Yamaim is really Nisuch Hamaim. Sounds like he's taking Milo Yamaim literally. And as we already learned on Ramchesim at Beis, we don't do that on Shabbos. We do that on Erev Shabbos when, when Sukkot falls out. Uh, right, on, on, for Shabbos. And therefore, the Vatsre Tuva, right, once you take away the Milo Maim, now we lose the 12 Kailas of Milo Maim. So we're going to fall well short of the 48, right, even if we gain the 9 of Musaf, we lose 12 of, of Milo Maim, we're going to end up at 45, and that's why our Mishnah mentioned only Erev Shabbos as the one that has the 48. Ah, so now Gemara says, There's another example of 48. Dafyomi coincidence. Rosh Hashanah happens to be this year. It doesn't fall out on Shabbos. It's the closest thing we've come to not having a Dafyomi coincidence since we started Brachos. Anyway, the Ha Ikat Lasa Musafim. Because as Rosh Hashanah, there's three Korbani Musaf. You would have thought, you thought it was going to be Machios, Zichonis, and Shofros. Not exactly. It's one Musaf of Rosh Hashanah, Musaf de Rosh Hashanah, and Musaf de Rosh Chodesh. And most of the Shabbos. Fascinating thing, right? Bakesel Yom Chagenu. A lot of, there's a lot of aspects of Rosh Chodesh that are concealed on Rosh Hashanah. Because after all, every Rosh Hashanah is Rosh Chodesh by definition. But with respect to Musaf over here, it implies that the Musaf of Rosh Hashanah and Musaf of Rosh Chodesh and Musaf of Shabbos are all three separate Musafim. Nine times three, if each one is nine, is going to be 27. Plus your 21 dailies, you have 21 plus 27. Bang, 28. Rosh Hashanah Shachalios B'Shabbos. Gemara says, Erev Shabbos Shavasocha Chag Yitzchichlei. Okay? Why then would we mention Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Cholomoed? Because we need to learn the Erev Shabbos Cholomoed more, because here, we're learning the idea of Rebbe Lezben Yaakov of the 12, right, and, and of the three by the Gal Amizbeach instead of the 10th step. And so, as the Mepharshim explained, the Chiddush of Rebbe Yaakov is trumping here the Chiddush of Rav Acha, right? We, we consider the Chiddush of Rav Elzim and Yaakov with respect to the 10th step, Al-Gabi, and uh, being, a, being not the Pshat, and Al-Gabi and Bzech, yes, being the Pshat, more important than, Rav, than the Chiddush of Rav Acha of having nine uh, truos for each, tkiyas for each uh, Musaf, which is what you would have learned if you had learned uh, Rosh Hashanah Shechal Yaspashabas. Okay? The Gemara says, Atumi kama lisni lisniha. So to that we say, wait a minute. Why are we choosing the Chiddush of Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov over the Chiddush of Racha? Lisni hava, lisni ha. Why don't we just learn both? So the Gemara answers, ton of Ashir. It's true. The Mishnah really would have learned all, but it's not giving you every single example. It's ton of Ashir. It's leaving out some examples. Now, the problem with ton of Ashir here is that ton of Ashir usually means that there's tons of examples, and the only reason the Mishnah left out every example is because we'd be here all day. Okay, but we don't have time because Slichos is starting at six. So the Mishnah just said one example. However, Andrew, if the Mishnah had left out only one example, that never works. And a ton of Ashir never means that you only had one other example. Ton of Ashir means you have many more examples, so you can only mention one. But if you have only two examples, you would never just say one of them and say, yeah, figure out the other one on your own. If it's only two, it would have always told you both examples. Oh, so my Shir, the high Shir. What did the Tana omit? It wouldn't have omitted more than one. So the Gemara answers, okay, because we learned, obviously, right, Erev, right, Erev, Shabbos, Shechalios, Besukas. 
We could have also learned Shabbos Rosh Hashanah. In other words, Enochinami, they both have 48 Tekiyas. So what would be the shear that we left out in addition to that, that made us only learn Erev Shabbos Shechalios Besukas, Shear Erev Pesach. On Erev Pesach, there's also 48. How so? Well, the Korban Pesach had three shifts, guys. Korban Pesach, on Erev, uh, right? Erev Pesach was when you brought the Korban Pesach. So every day, as we know, is 21. How do you get another 27 on Erev Pesach? So there was, they would blow. They had three shifts. Well, they had three shifts, and within each shift, they had three groups. And they would blow three times, right? At each moment that they shechted the Korban Pesach. It was a scene. It was a scene. All of Klai Israel's coming, and they're doing the three shifts, and they're starting early in the morning, as we mentioned in Psachim. And so, shift number one, group one, group two, group three, you're shechting, 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 singing Hallel, singing Hallel, singing Hallel. You would keep singing Hallel, okay, until you finish all the shechting. Typically, you would say Hallel three times over, okay, until all the shechting is complete. For each time you sang Hallel, you would blow three tekios beforehand, right? So that means you did it nine times for the first shift, because you said Hallel three times. Second shift, another nine times, right? Because you're saying Hallel three times. And then the third shift, presumably you'd also do nine times, because there is a third shift, and then it's 27 total times of blowing that accompanied the Hallel of Erev Pesach with the carbon Pesach. Okay, when, so that's, that's a trivia question. When do you say halal on Erev Yontiv? On Erev Pesach when you're shechting the carbon Pesach. And so for each halal, and not only that, you say nine times in the base of Mikdash. And so each time, right, you are accompanying with three tekios, that's 27, plus the requisite 21, that's every day, for a total of 48. As we turn to Nandal in the base, says the Gemara, Imishum Erev Pesach, lo It's not really a ton of a shir. Why? Because it never came out to full 48. Why? Because we have the opinion in the Mishnah of Rabbi Yehuda. You'll recognize that as one of the early paragraphs of Halal. Right? So Rabbi Yehuda said the following. People were so eager to bring the carbon Pesach that they never got to Hafti Kishma Hashem by the third one. In other words, everybody tried to pile in in the first two shifts. And so, yes, nine plus nine. Yes, you had 18 kolos because you did get to say halal three times in the first two shifts. However, because there were fewer people by the time you got to the third shift, you never, again, when did you say halal? You just kept repeating it so long as you were shechting. But the third shift was really just the stragglers. It was the Johnny-come-latelys, um, not like Andrew. Andrew was already home. Um, he was already, like, he already started his Seder. <laughs> Andrew was already home. But the stragglers, the stragglers are there, and it's not enough stragglers to even go through halal more than once. And therefore, it ends up being 9 plus 9 plus 3, which is a total of 21. So Erev Pesach was typically not 48, but rather 42. And therefore, it's not Tan of Ashir. So we have a problem. We have a problem because if it's not Tan of Ashir, why do we not mention Shabbos Rosh Hashanah? Says the Gemara, Ha'ukimna Dedeloka Rabbi Yehuda. Yeah, well, our Mishnah perhaps is not like Rabbi Yehuda. Because don't forget, right? Rabbi Yehuda was the one that said that the, the accounts... Um, the Tekiah Shurah Tekiah as only one kol. It was Rabbi Yehuda himself who said that the, that the count was 7 to 16. 
So our Mishnah is already not like Rabbi Yehuda. So how can you say that our Mishnah is like Rabbi Yehuda, who holds, right, in other words, the whole reason why, right, okay, so that, that would have answered everything. Our Mishnah is not like Rabbi Yehuda, and therefore, right, because Rabbi Yehuda would say that it would only be uh, 42. If our Mishnah was not like Rabbi Yehuda, that would actually be helpful. It's not like Rabbi Yehuda with, re- with regards to the count, so maybe it's not like Rabbi Yehuda with regards to this. The Gemara says, No, it would make sense, and yes, it would be symmetrical, and then our Mishnah is totally not like Rabbi Huda, and everything would be kosher lamosha. It would be wonderful, because we would understand why it's son of a shir, because there's really two days that are being left out in the Mishnah, Erev Pesach and Shabbos Rosh Hashanah. And so we're leaving out Rabbi Huda in that regard, and also with regards that we count the kolos as three, for a total of 48 in, in, in all our cases. However, uh, it's not 100% foolproof because there is nothing compelling us to hold like Rabbi Huda like one or the other. The two shitas, his shita with regards to the idea that the Hallel never went through the first right paragraph on the third shift um, and his uh, opinion that the tkia true tkia counts as one tkia are not necessarily related at all. And therefore you can't really put those together and, and, and say that it all works. So rather we have to say the following. Elamai shir, dahai shir, let's stay off of Erev Pesach and say the following. Shir Erev Pesach shechalios be'erev Shabbos. We're not going to stay off Erev Pesach, but we're going to say it's Erev Pesach that falls out on Erev Shabbos. Apik Because there, even if everybody's going to say, even if you go like Rabbi Yehuda and say that you lose the six of, right, the last two, right, uh, Hallels that you're going to have on the third shift, you're going to pick up the six that we aforementioned in our, Mish- in our Gemara and also in Masech Shabbos, you're going to pick up the six of the opening of the closing of the store and opening of Erev Shabbos. So you, so you, you trade in six for six, but on Erev Shabbos, Shechal Liyoz, rather Erev Pesach, Shechal Shabbos, which still does happen, on that day, you have 48, and therefore that, we have restored the ton of Ashir Barry. It's all good. Now we know why we only mentioned, right, Erev, why we only mentioned the Erev, um, uh, the Erev uh, Shabbos, right, Shechalios, uh, that, that's on, on uh, Sukkot, as opposed to the case, and we left out, the Erev Pesach Shechalios for Shabbos, as well as the Rosh Hashanah Pesach. So now we're two dots, nine lines down, and we discuss this again, and we're going to discuss again the number of Tkiyas. Ein Mosif and Al-Bar Ein So we're going to say, is that really true that that's our maximum? Says the Gemara below. Ba'ikah Erev HaPesach Shechalios B'Shabbos. We just mentioned Erev Pesach Shechalios B'Shabbos. Right, this is the first kasha Barry I saw it on your face right away. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's fifty-one. And according to the Rabbanon, who hold that what that you had an additional six of Musaf, right? Because you ended up saying not of Musaf, I'm sorry, of Halal, because you ended up saying Halal an additional two times. How can we say that the maximum is forty-eight? That could have been that should have been the Shaila right away, right? In other words, if it's if it's Erev Pesach. Shechalios B'Shabbos, we're still saying, we're still bringing the Korban Pesach as we learned in Mesechas Pesachim, and therefore we're still saying the Hallel 20, you know, and therefore nine, nine times, right? Three times per shift. And so even if you say it's three times per shift, and like Rabbi Yehuda, we got cut out after the first time on the third shift, you're still going to have 51. You have all the Musafim. And I keep saying Musafim, but you have all of the Hallel. You have all of the Tkios that come with the Hallel. Okay. So the Ilar Biyu Chamishim Bechad, 51, right? Because you're adding an, an additional three. Ilar Bonu Chamishim Vesheva. Because you're adding an additional nine to your 48. So the Gemara answers, Kiktani Midi De Isa Bechal Shana. 
Gemara answers, no. That the thing about Erev Pesach Shechadios B'Shabbos is that it happens infrequently. It happens, but it doesn't happen frequently enough to be considered a ton of Ashir for our Mishnah. Or rather, excuse me, not a ton of Ashir. It's It does happen, that's interesting, right? The Erev Pesach Shechadios B'Erev Shabbos, we said that's enough to be considered a ton of Ashir. But Erev Pesach Shechadios B'Shabbos, we said, is infrequent enough that it doesn't count for our count of being more than 48. That's interesting. Anyways. So that's, that's what we're saying, right? right? That we're only going to count 48. That's a typical 48. is too atypical to be considered uh, part, of the, uh, part of the count. And even though it sometimes can be 51 or 57, our Mishnah is saying the typical range, which is 21 to 48 kolos. Okay. It says the Gemara, Yeah, but the very example of our Mishnah is Erev Shabbos Sukkis, which is like with a similar frequency to Erev Shabbos Shechalios, right? The Erev Pesach Shechalios B'Shabbos. And yet that is, in fact, the case of our Mishnah and doesn't happen every year. Zimnin There are times when it doesn't happen. What's the case where it doesn't happen? When the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, we see that, that we have in that very unique case, because like, the truth of the matter is, Erev Shabbos on Sukkot is much more common. Because after all, just about every time you have Sukkot, because it's right, going to be seven days and then an eighth day, there's always going to be an Erev Shabbos in there. The only time it doesn't have it, right, is when Erev Shabbos actually falls out on Yom Rishon. So then you don't have an Erev Shabbos, right, that falls out on Cholomoyim, because then it happens to be actual Yom of an Erev Shabbos. Ah, so the Gemara says, Ki Meklein, Yom Rishon, Erev Shabbos, yeah, but we used to get rid of that scenario. Whenever we thought the first day of Yanta would fall out on Erev Shabbos, the Rabbanon would postpone such a scenario. My timer, why would they postpone it? Came with the Ikla Yomta Varishan Shachag Liasper Shabbos, because if you follow the math, if the first day of Yanta falls out on Erev Shabbos, Yom Kippur, when is Yom Kippur going to fall out? Chad B'Shabbos, Sunday. Rashi explains why we never wanted to have Yom Kippur on Sunday. Too much of a whiplash from eating so much on Shabbos and then going into the fast on Yom Kippur. Is that true? Do we, fall, do we always push off Yom Kippur if it's falling out on Sunday? We, we already have a Mishnah, right, that we have to discuss in Masechah Shabbos about whether you can offer the Chalve uh, Shabbos on Yom Kippur, which implies that Yom Kippur is on Sunday. That's the only scenario where it would happen. We taught a Brisa whenever... When, when we were students uh, back in, in, in America, in La- when we were in Lakewood, we learned Yom Kippur Shechalios Erev Shabbos, right? Lo Hayu. Right? If Yom Kippur fell on Erev Shabbos, Lo Hayu Token. They wouldn't blow the six Tekiyas, right? Remember the six Tekiyas of Erev Shabbos? We wouldn't blow it if that was Yom Kippur. Over Motze Shabbos, Lo Hayu Mavdilim. However, if Yom Kippur fell out on Motze Shabbos, we didn't make Havdalah, Divir HaKolhi. And nobody ever argued with that. Anyway, Right, what we learned from this is that the Yom Kippur did fall out occasionally on Sunday. So it says, And then when I made Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, I found Rabbi Yudah Ben Shimon Pazi sitting and saying, Rabbi Akiva, that that price was according to Rabbi Akiva, but be that as it may, whether it's Rabbi Akiva or not, we see that Yom Kippur could fall out on Sunday. The Gemara says, That is the Machlokas. In other words, this other Mishnah, Speaking of Yom Kippur falling on Sunday is Acherim, right? The Tanya, because we have a Brisa, Acherim Omrim ain't been Atzeres Latzeres, ain't been Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, Ella Arba Yamim Bilvad. 
right? There was a b'risa that says that any time you have any day, whether it's a tzeres or Rosh Hashanah or any day, that next day is going to fall out exactly four days later in the week on the following year. Why? Because there's 354 days in a lunar year, which means 350 is a divisible by seven, right? So it's, that's going to divide into 50 weeks. And then you have a remainder of four that are always going to spill over to the next year. So how do you know when this Yantav is going to fall out next year? It's always going to be an added four days. However, but if we had a leap year, then you wouldn't be able to count on that because there are times where it would be five days. So now as we arrive, as well. So Amr of Safra, my doiche, doiche lakadim. No, that's true. We do say both. Doche uh, just means which one takes precedence. Which one do we say first? Wait a minute. What's the question? Why are we saying Shabbos and then Rosh Chodesh? Because Tadir Vesheno Tadir, Tadir Kodim. You have to do, as we famously know, already from Brachos, they do that which is more frequent. The reason why you would say the Shir Shal Yom of Rosh Chodesh first is to publicize that we do in fact Kovea the Chodesh. As Rashi says, The Chashivas of showing that we are Kovea, right? Uh, right? Like we says, that this is HaChodesh Hazel Lachem, right? HaKodesh Baruch who gave us the power to be Kovea the Chodesh. A person should not have any hesitation. Most people don't see it, but you should not give you any hesitation. You have the power of your conviction that in fact we are Kovea the Chodesh. So is that the indication? We already noticed that we have the Mishnah in Shkalim, you might recall, where we said there's other Hekerim. It's a very placement, right, of the, of those Musaf on the Mizbeach that in fact were indicative of the fact that we saw the Chodesh. And so that itself was another Heker of our Chodesh. Perhaps we don't need the Heker of saying the Mus, uh, the Shir Shayom of our Chodesh before Shir Shayom Shal Shabbos. We will continue with this issue of the Musafim Bezrat Hashem tomorrow.